The words of our text this morning come from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, verses 4 through 9. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And we pray. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. I'm not sure if you saw this late last January, but there was a video put out by Tom Brady uh, on social media in which he announced his retirement from football for the second time. Considered by many to be the GOAT, the greatest of all time NFL football quarterbacks, he put out a really short, heartfelt message And it wasn't so much the message that caught my attention. It's one little phrase that he said. He said, I wouldn't change a thing. Now that got me thinking. Maybe he was just saying that, or maybe he was acknowledging that even challenging things in life, God can use to help make us who we become. But Brady had been through a pretty tumultuous year. He retired from football actually January the year prior. We don't know the whole backstory, but the word on the street was that Brady's wife wanted him to retire to spend more time with the family. So he did. And then he unretired, played another season, and then he retired again last January, but this time without his wife who divorced him. And he wouldn't change a thing. It seems Brady's priority may have been football. As we close another school year, another busy semester, and prepare for a change in routine this summer, I think the story begs the question, what's the most important thing in your life? And as you contemplate the answer to that question, isn't it true that our lives are often dictated by what's most important at the time versus what we might actually really want to prioritize? So think about your lives. Students, what have been your priorities? Assignments, projects, capstones, part-time jobs, friends, enjoying adult freedom? Having fun, participating in activities, saving up to maybe buy that first car, planning a wedding, getting into your career, faculty and staff and other adults, family, 
children, your spouse, your work, thinking about the cabin on the lake that you either have or want to have, your retirement investments, your health. I do hope for everyone, somewhere in those priorities is God. But again, isn't it true the thing that we'd like to maybe make most important isn't always what we're really prioritizing. On their own, none of those things that I mentioned are bad or wrong. But even good things aren't good things when they become the most important thing. So what should be our priority? Paul, in his letter to the church in Philippi, gives a spiritual directive for our lives. The context of the letter is that in that church in Philippi, there was some false teaching spreading around. Some there were thinking that what Jesus had done for us on the cross, to suffer and to die for our sins, that wasn't enough. More had to be done. People needed to do the right things. They needed to follow the law. So notice what Paul tells them in verses 4 through 6. He basically goes through his resume. He says, if anybody thinks that they should get a free pass into heaven, it should be me, Paul says. Look at my resume. He even says, I was faultless. I may be the greatest of all time in terms of leading a perfect life according to the law, Paul says. But we know from the Bible that despite any efforts we make on our own behalf to live according to the law or do the right things, just don't measure up in God's sight. Because God's demand is perfection, and because of our sinful nature, we're not. You probably know that on his way to the city of Damascus to do what he thought was the right thing, to persecute Christians, Jesus appeared to Paul. And as a result, he went through a conversion from being one who persecuted followers of Jesus to being a follower of Jesus himself and one who would lead the church to spread the good news of Jesus throughout the world. So in verses 7 and 8, Paul contrasts the things he had and the things he did in his first 30 or so years of life with what he gained after his conversion. He says those former things are a loss for knowing Jesus and what he did for him. Because Jesus is way more than what those things could give him. And Paul had experienced a lot. He went from being rich, elite, and enjoying the best of what the world at that time could give him to hardship, experiencing shipwreck, being beaten, imprisoned, and even someday killed. He says all that former stuff is loss. Not because they're, they, they're bad or they, they don't bring joy to life, but because they're nothing compared to what Jesus has done for us. As a matter of fact, he calls those former things garbage. And that's a really nice translation. The literal term, I'm told, is actually that stuff is manure. Paul says, I wouldn't trade what I had back then for what I have now through Jesus. Because what I have now and what you and I have through faith in Jesus' perfect life, suffering and death for us in our place, is sure, certain, eternal hope 
for our future in heaven. So Paul says it's Jesus over everything. In verse 9, Paul says the best we have to offer, like those things Paul talked about in his former life, fall short of what God requires. They don't measure up. Our perfection doesn't come from doing good stuff the law requires, but simply through faith in what Jesus has done for each of us. So it's Jesus over everything because only he can give confident hope to us for this life and for our eternal futures in heaven. Paul calls that confidence a peace for our souls that transcends all human understanding. A dear colleague, friend of mine, who was the principal at the former school where I was president before Bethany, every time he talked to the students, I noticed he always ended every talk he had with them with these same words. He would always say at the end of his talks to the students, and remember, keep Jesus with you. If life is about finding our joy in all the things that we might focus on, we're going to be unfulfilled. But if our foundation, our priority in life, is Jesus, then all these other things do become blessings. Only he can fill that emptiness that so many in life are longing for and searching for. When we recognize Jesus first, then he fills the hole and brings true joy so we can enjoy our careers and our friends and our family and activities and fun. Summer's soon upon us. It's time for a change in routine. Sometimes it's viewed, quite honestly, as a time for vacation, and that's very important. But have you ever noticed that some people also view summer as a time for vacation from Jesus? May that not be true of us. Today and every day, may Jesus be the main thing, the most important thing. Every day, by the power of the Holy Spirit, may Jesus continue to be with each of us. Amen.